0: It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at M You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at M I N. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. We got a great one for you today here on the, on this Monday, February twenty-second, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night: Blades versus Lewis, which took place on Saturday, February twentieth, at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it's great to be back with you guys. Always, always fun to be back on a, on a recap show. Uh, al- although this one. Uh, not not my not my most favorite, and I'll get into that. But obviously, you know, good to be back here with you guys and and talking MMA. Uh, as always, we'll get to some housekeeping, and you know, the a topic for housekeeping always is the main card showdown, and we did have uh, NSS 29. It was the opening round, really the semifinals, uh, of the uh, February Grand Prix and I got fucked over with some bullshit, and that fucking sucks, but, you know, it just fucking sucks, so, uh, I lost 57-59 to to uh, Drew, and, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not too fucking happy about it, Uh, I want to pull up MMA decisions here, because, once again, the only way I lose, the only way I lose this game is with stupid fucking judges, scoring female fights incorrectly and me getting 10 7 So that's a, that's exactly what happened in the co-main event. Uh, Yana Kunitskaya uh, won over uh, Ketlin Vieira. Uh, she lost that fight uh, two rounds to one, but uh, for some reason they gave it to Kunitskaya, even though uh, she... There was no domination in any round, but it was a clear-cut victory round number one It was a clear-cut victory round number three round number two you give it to kunitskaya Very easy to score incredibly easy to score Uh, But nope the judges fucked it up fuck Well, i'm not gonna say that but uh, Thank you very much eric cologne sal diamato and junichiro kamijo for just Completely fucking that one up just absolute bullshit Uh, Looking at mma decisions here Let's see here. Uh, about 20 of the media media people have it 29-28 for Vieira, which is correct. One person has it 28-27 for Kunitskaya, and three absolute idiots have it 29-28 for Kunitskaya. So it's like 20 to four. Very, very obvious. Very obvious. But uh, nope, got got screwed over. Uh, you know, that's the end of my uh, historic winning streak. Historic title defense streak. Uh, historic, um, uh, non-losing streak, uh, or, well, I guess undefeated streak. Um, yeah, so that's some bullshit, but, you know, bullshit happens in this game from time to time. Seems to always affect me. Seems to always affect me. And now, see, this is where it gets super shitty, because we had a, we had a draw, on the other side because nobody gives a fuck about this game outside of me and drew so nobody does prelim picks or anything like that so we have a draw so i have to decide who advances and i'm not doing you know what i'm done doing fair stuff like uh oh uh there was a draw so now uh they both can be eligible for a silver nope i'm just picking one i'm just picking one one of those two will advance and one of them won't and there's no reason behind it. I'm just picking one of them, and the other person gets screwed over. But that's what happens when you, uh, you know, don't do prelim picks or or whatever. So just don't go to a tie. Just don't go to a tie, because I, I I am the committee. I am the tiebreaker. So I'm I'm gonna pick one of them. And uh, yeah, very shitty because now Drew is the champ, and Drew's gonna get a title defense because he's gonna go up against two bums in in the uh, in the the Grand Prix finals. So you know. I don't know. I would never underestimate Drew's ability to not get a title defense, but, oh, man, he's going to have to either take on Page or Reagan. And, oh, they're just oh. – if he gets a title defense, that's going to be some fucking bullshit. But, you know, whatever. That's fine. I'm still the Tom Brady of this of this game. But, oh, man, that's fucking sucks. So, yeah, like I said, uh, Hooverman and Abel, uh, they went to a draw. Uh, we had Pip – beating uh young now he's on a four fight losing streak so he's getting up there that's record breaking territory uh i could pull up the record i have the record book somewhere on my computer uh or maybe i don't or may- or maybe i don't um okay five five is the record for losing streak and that brings me to some more bullshit we had uh so Grandpoo is a fucking squirrel okay and he makes the pick so he's a squirrel so he's a fucking idiot Okay, he's got a he's got a brain the size of a fucking pea. Okay, he's got he's got a brain the size of a fucking eraser at the end of a pencil. So he's 0-5 because he's a goddamn squirrel, and uh, he actually won. He actually won. Who did he? He beat Patrick Peterson. So Patrick Peterson lost to a squirrel, an 0-5 squirrel. So that's oh that's a very interesting performance right there, which is weird because Patrick's picks are not bad they're not good but every time I see him I'm like I mean those. you know there's no obvious bad picks that he makes you know sometimes a sport is just weird like that but he lost to a squirrel so that's pretty funny uh, and badly too Granpu won every single round he won 60-57 so some of the rounds were 10-10 but you know Granpu always scored a 10 uh, we had Peyton knocking out uh, Francis Francis is now 1-3 I think he's on a 3 fight losing streak And Peyton, he doesn't always get wins. I think he's like four and six. But three of his wins are by knockout. Like, that guy is a fucking mystery. Like, yeah, he's he's a real knockout guy. And then we had Captain squeaking by beating Jerry. So it's going to be Pip and Captain uh, for the uh, the main card showdown Invitational Grand Prix Finals. It would be pretty funny if Pip won it two months in a row um but yeah you know that's that's interesting um whatever what can you do I'm just never. I'm never gonna disagree on a female fight ever again I'm never gonna you know because Vieira was like the minus 250 favorite so I you know what I mean I normally I normally don't make wild picks with female fights but that was the favorite so yeah I'm just never disagreeing on a female fight ever again it's not worth it and it's not it's not Vieira's fault, it's not, oh, you know, and I get it, poor me, like, I I get it, it's a game, so I'm not, I'm pretending to be, I'm a little upset, but I'm pretending to be upset, you know what I mean, but, like, it's on the judges, like, how do you not know how to score a fight, I I don't, I don't understand that, you know, fuck it, I want to get right into this co-main event, because if, I'm talking about it so much, so I want to get into this co-main event, and I want to pull up the the stats for that one because that that just doesn't make any sense to me so um, the 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 stats are a little weird because they would suggest that Kunitskaya won the fight now the thing I would say um, to the people who bring up stats uh, fights are not scored on on stats the 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 judges don't have access to stats so they're just watching the fight Vieira dominated the, the the time on the ground uh put up some submission attempts uh you know threw some punches in round number one round number two that, that's fine kunitskaya won that the the ground time was relatively similar uh pretty much the entire round was on the ground maybe like th- three minutes went to kunitskaya two minutes went to Vieira um but then round three re- uh, really why I think they gave round three to kunitskaya was that final elbow that she threw with like five seconds to go. The final elbow bloodied up Vieira. So it's like, well, Vieira was obviously, and I mean obviously, winning that round number three. Obviously winning. It was one apiece. Obviously winning. But Kunitskaya lands one elbow that bloodies her up. And she stands up. And I think the judges just gave it to kunitskaya because they're fucking idiots. And, you know, they think one elbow on the ground that did nothing. It did nothing. Okay, it bloodied her up. Yeah, I'm... Like, I'm real surprised that your elbow, which is all bone, when it's smashed against another person's forehead, which is all bone, will will cause a cut. I'd be amazed. I would be absolutely amazed if somebody threw an elbow at a person's head and their head didn't bleed. Like, there's no fat. There's no muscle. It's literally bone on bone, skin on skin. Like, a cut's going to happen every single time. It's not that big of a deal. It, it So, I don't know, man. That's just fucking crazy how they how they scored that. I, I really don't get that. And it's not a robbery, whatever. I, I, I really try to reserve the usage of the word robbery, because everybody throws it around. This was not a robbery, but a very bad decision. A very obvious decision that they should teach. Actually, they don't even, they don't even have schools for, for refs, I don't think. so Or judges, excuse me. So who knows what the fuck kind of training these people go through uh, you know, when, when they uh, when they get hired by whatever commission they, they get hired to, uh, I, I don't know the process. I would imagine it's uh, it's a pretty lenient process, uh, given the state of uh, of scoring in the UFC. Um, but yeah, let's let's go here to the to the main event. So we had a round two KO. Uh, via an uppercut from Derek Lewis on Curtis blades now my bad I didn't do the rankings yet I'm gonna do the rankings after the show uh, normally I do it right away after um, but I can look at the I can look at the rankings here and figure it out so Derek Lewis is at number five he beats Curtis blades who's number two Derek Lewis is number two so I, I'm just gonna tell you right now Derek Lewis will be the number two heavyweight uh, good for him I mean he really had a, a, a good Game plan, and I, I don't think Blades had a bad game plan either. I actually think both of their game plans were were very smart. I mean, Curtis Blades obviously knows he's going to go for the takedown. So does Derek Lewis. You know, the takedown's coming, even if it's not round one or round two. Or you know, he probably would try some by round three. You know, but uh, you, you know what's coming, and um, you know Blades hurt him a, a little bit. He hurt him a little bit in round number one. I just went back and, and rewatched the fight. Uh, and and you know, it's very unfortunate for Blades because I think his striking has actually improved greatly, and he's finished a lot of fights uh, recently on the feet. You know, like over JDS and 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 guys like that. And um, you know, it's it's Lewis just had the 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 better execution on on a on a defense of a takedown and and knocked him out. You know, I looked I was looking at the stats. I can pull him up here. Uh, I think Derek Lewis only landed seven punches that entire fight, which went, uh, six minutes and 20 seconds. So he basically landed a strike a minute. Uh, but you know, he landed, he landed the one that mattered and, and, uh, knocked out Curtis blades. And that's, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize it live. You know, I, I went back and, and watched, uh, uh, the tape on it. I didn't realize Derek or uh, uh, Curtis Blades was moaning as he was knocked out <clears throat> in uh, a very scary way. And I don't doubt that happens all the time. And sometimes the the TV cameras don't pick it up. But that's that's the only time I've never felt good about watching the UFC. That actually was um, disturbing, and I don't use that lightly because uh, as uh, as a kid who grew up in the 2000s. Which is another, like, that's, that's another pet peeve of mine, like, saying, like, oh, I'm a 90s kid. Yeah, I was born in 1997, and a lot of people like to call themselves a 90s kid. You, your your childhood is when you're, like, 5 through, like, 13. So I'm not a 90s... I was born in the 90s. I'm not a 90s kid. I'm a, I'm a 2000s kid because, you know, I was a fucking baby in the 90s. But, you know, as a kid who grew up in my time frame... Uh I've seen some very bad things, very bad things on the internet, okay? I've seen ISIS people just shoot people's heads off. Uh one of my f- one of my friends who shall re- be uh who shall remain nameless showed me Reddit 5050, seen some very bad stuff on there. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely not uh, exaggerating when I say, you know, that was a little bit disturbing. A little bit disturbing hearing Curtis Blades moan as he was uh, knocked out. That's, uh, it's particular, it's particularly scary uh, for a heavyweight because, uh, you know, they're big, strong guys. Like, Curtis Blades, like, you'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger, stronger, more powerful guy, you know, in your day-to-day life. And just to have that guy fucking cry as as he regains consciousness and and you know gets knocked out in a very bad way. That was a very bad knockout and the punches after didn't help either. Um so yeah, that that was actually a, a little bit disturbing. I've never, you know, I've seen crazy knockouts. I'm sure that, you know, I'm not an idiot. I know that, you know, listen, I know shit like this probably happens all the time. It's just one thing to to actually see it, you know what I mean? I I understand every aspect, every every horrific aspect that comes along with MMA from weight cutting. You know, I've seen the Chris Cyborg weight cutting videos. You know what I mean? Like you see, I've seen Anderson Silva's leg snap. I saw the other UFC guy who uh, I forget his name, but his his leg snap. Like I've seen. Obviously, I'm, I've seen horrible shit, but that was just. I don't know, man. Something about that was a little disturbing, and. Um, Derek Lewis probably didn't need to land those follow-up shots. I understand for all the fucking idiots out there who are like, well, it's not his it's not his job. You just got to keep punching until the referee pulls you off. You know what I mean? If uh, Curtis Blades is unconscious and uh, clearly not going to get back up and uh, Herb Dean uh, tears his ACL and uh, or, or maybe he gets a shoelace caught in the cage and doesn't get there for 15 seconds, well, you just got to fucking punch Curtis Blades in the head uh, until it's just a pile of uh, hamburger meat. I mean, you got to keep punching until uh, the referee pulls you off. Yeah, maybe if they're conscious, you should do that. Uh, Cause you don't want them getting back up, but I think I think once they're unconscious, and I don't blame—I'm obviously not blaming Derek Lewis. He's doing his fucking job, and Curtis Blades n- knew what he signed up for. Like everybody knows what they signed up for, but it's like, yeah, okay, probably didn't need the extra punches there, buddy. But uh, you, know, you know, whatever. Uh, I also saw—I I don't want to speak in absolutes because I haven't been able to verify it myself, but there's allegedly a video uh, circulating on Twitter of, uh, uh, MMA troll, we'll call him a troll, uh, calling Curtis Blades after he got knocked out. Somehow he got his number and, uh, taunting him like, oh, you got knocked the fuck out. Uh, that guy's a bitch. Allegedly people have found uh, his Instagram account and what he looks like. And, uh, if that is the guy again, I'm not speaking in absolutes here. I don't know. I didn't fucking verify it. But if if that is the case, and if that is the guy, number one, he's a bitch. But also, he looks like Bobby Hill, and he he is uh, uh, pretty. He's a pretty big guy. Some people might call him plus si- plus sized. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna say on this family friendly show what I would call this person. But uh, you know what I mean. That guy's a fucking bitch. And I hope I hope if that happened, first of all, I hope it didn't, because that's a very mean thing. I, I, I really hope it's doctored. Uh, that's such a disrespectful thing to do to somebody. Uh, but if that is true, I hope Curtis Blades finds him, and I hope they spar. I hope I hope uh, they both consent to uh, a spar in a gym that's monitored uh, by other people, so nothing bad would happen. But I just hope that he could get 60 seconds to spar with him. I think that would be very, very funny. Or, you know, if life just threw something bad at that guy, Uh, You know, we can't control life sometimes, you know bad stuff happens sometimes bad stuff happens and sometimes it happens to bad people So, you know, it would be a shame if something bad happened to that guy I would you know, I would never I'm a very compassionate person. So if something uh, Pretty bad happened to that guy. uh, I would disavow it and um, you know, I I would um, I Would hate to see it of course nothing that uh, nothing that anybody could do to him But just you know, sometimes life throws you some shit, you know, like sometimes you know, it's it's so random So, you know what I mean, if something If something happened, you know what I mean Like if he totaled his car, but he was completely fine You know, but now his car is totaled Like, that'd be pretty, That'd be, you know Some people might find that funny, I would not find that funny But, you know, some people might say That he, that he would deserve it, but uh, You know, that's, uh, there's no place In, in uh, Well, anywhere, to, to be doing that shit Especially, you know, if you're doing Stuff like that, you gotta expect that somebody's Gonna, somebody's gonna find you and that you might suffer consequences and i don't mean i don't mean anything fucking physical but you know if you say stupid shit you know like ah you might expect to get ostracized from you know the mma community you might uh suffer some social uh negative consequences you know what i mean uh uh, you know, your you, your employer might have something to say about that. So, you know what I mean. There, there's always repercussions for shit that you do. So, you know, wh- whatever happens is is whatever happens. But you know, uh, I, I hope I hope he's never in a bad situation like that, and people taunt him like he taunted Curtis Blades, because that would that would be uh, very unfortunate. So I wish that guy nothing but the best. But um, you know, I don't know. That that was a very disturbing sequence. All around, from from what I've I've seen, but uh, yeah, and 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 it it, it sucks as well because um, Curtis Blades was already kind of screwed a little bit because he has two knockout losses to Francis Ngannou. So if Ngannou ever does become champ, you know, man, like that's gonna be such an uphill battle to to book a trilogy fight against a guy who has beaten you twice and not only beaten you twice knocked you out twice and not only knocked you out twice but knocked you out i think one of them was in like 40 seconds and one of them i think was like 70 seconds so basically two sub minute knockouts uh very hard to book a trilogy and now that you lost to lewis you know i mean it's not the end all be all but i really i really do think that blades probably had the next title shot or at at, at the very least he wouldn't have to do anything to get a title fight. You know, hey, if they're going to give John Jones a title fight, they're going to give him a title fight. If Nganou wins, they're going to get the trilogy match between Nganu and Miocic. If Miocic wins, it's probably going to be against Jones. But Blades had done enough uh, to, to solidify a title fight whenever whenever it was going to happen, okay? And I said this on the preview show. Blades can't earn a title fight by beating Derek Lewis, but he sure as fuck can lose one, and that's what happened. And, you know, that's unfortunate because, you know, whatever reason he decided to take this fight, you know, maybe he maybe he did think he had to beat Lewis to, to earn a title fight. Maybe he just needed money. Maybe he is just a competitor and wanted to go out there and beat, you know, a a, a very good UFC fighter, whatever the reason. You know, but, you know, it just fucking sucks because that's going to set this guy back. And this is a guy who I don't think is going to get a promotional push you know he's not a guy who talks a lot of shit he's not a guy who's super good you know with the media and and, you know whatever I know he has a speech impediment and you know bless him for trying uh you you know what I mean but he's not my, my point is he's not a fucking Chael Son and he's not a Conor McGregor he's not a he's not a superstar so you know sometimes you can sometimes when you're in israel adesanya and right i'm not taking anything away from any of these people i'm saying but sometimes when you're a conor mcgregor or an israel adesanya or a john jones or whatever you know sometimes you can smooth off the corners. sometimes you can round off the corners you don't have to take the path that other people took to to get to a spot because you just have you know these 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 um rare factors these rare variables and curtis blades doesn't have that so if he works his way up to a title fight or, or whatever he works his way up to, he's going to have to take the long way to get there, okay? And, um, you know, so th- that's why this one particularly sucks, because alright, you you probably were a year, year and a half away from a title fight, uh, and, or, you know, I, I get that's a lot of speculation on my part, but now it's like, okay, now you're, now you're below two more people, and, you know, we still have a lot of question marks and you know, it's it's, it's it's unfortunate. And for Derek Lewis, I, I think Derek is in a, a great spot now. I think he could be, uh, well, third in line for a, a title fight, you know, because we're going to have to get through Nganu or we're going to have to get through Jones. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how active he wants to be. I mean, he was calling out Overeem, uh, so he's perfectly willing to, to lose, you know, his, his number two spot. Uh, and stay active, which you gotta respect a little bit. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with Derek Lewis. But when you're when you're as active as he is and when you can finish fights with the frequency that he does, um, you know, anything anything is possible. Like you all Romero says, anything is possible. So good for Derek Lewis. Unfortunate for Curtis Blades. Uh he is only thirty, but he does have uh three very when he gets knocked out, they're not just they're not TKOs. They are KOs. So he has been uh, absolutely flatlined three times in his career, uh, which is a, a little bit concerning. A little bit concerning. That's that's never good. But uh, we're we're rooting for him over here at uh, North Star Sports. All righty, we'll move on here to the featured bout. We had a uh, a, a unanimous decision victory for Derek Minner over Charles Rosa. Uh, I don't really have any hot sports takes for this one. Good for Derek Minner. That's a guy. Talk about taking the long road to the UFC. That was a dude who had like, uh, so what, he has 37 fights? He's probably had two or three fights in the UFC. So he took 30 plus fights to get into the UFC. Uh, you know, a lot of regional fights over there in Nebraska. Uh, definitely won that fight. Uh, very, very dangerous guy uh, on the ground. And, you know, win over uh, Charles Rosa. You know, I know that, well, he's been a little more active the last year, but he had that kind of extended layoff. I mean that's that's a respectable win and you know who fucking knows what's next it's so hard if you're not in the rankings it's so hard to project what's next for you but you know I I I do think uh the UFC has respect for a guy like Charles Rosa a guy who's been in the UFC for quite some time so um you know I, I think Derek Minner uh will probably be rewarded in some way I'm not saying with anybody in the rankings or a former champ or anything like that but I you know a favorable spot on a fight night against you know a, a guy up in the uh in in the totem pole of the UFC I think is fitting and you know I think for, for Derek Minner style that's a guy who's very good on the ground and uh you can finish fights very very quickly with submissions and you know with submissions you don't take a lot of uh damage uh most of the time so I mean that's a guy who you know maybe could make some noise in, in the UFC you know a guy who could uh you know, kind of make a living over the next year or or year and a half, just taking these short notice fights and uh, trying to get quick victories. But a solid win for Derek Minner. All right, moving on here, we had a round one standing TKO by Chris Dawkis over Alexei Olenek. Uh, I just went back and rewatched that. That was the two fights I rewatched today uh, because I got screwed over by ESPN Plus because my computer likes to buffer and, uh, not Bruce Buffer, but it likes to buffer, and I clicked live, and it turns out I was, like, three minutes behind, and three minutes was all I needed to miss that fucking fight. So, I just didn't watch it until, uh, today. And, uh, yeah, good performance by Chris Dawkins. I think that, that guy could be a real problem. And we have Alexio Linick ranked at number nine. At number fucking nine. So, I think we're gonna have Chris Dawkins at number nine. I mean, I'll have to go through and, like, figure out Exactly, so it's not official just yet, but he's probably going to be number nine. And you know, a win over Olenek is a, a solid win. That guy's very dangerous on the ground. Uh, he's got deceptively long arms, uh, decept- deceptively uh, powerful shots, because um, uh, his striking does not look uh, very uh, aesthetically pleasing. Um, but that's a, that's a very good win for Chris Daukaus, and the dude's only 31. So he's like 5 years away from his prime at heavyweight could have a decade left in the, in the UFC and you know he he's been putting on a couple of good performances and this was a real step up in competition you know he had that vicious vicious KO of Parker Porter uh with the, uh, a punch and then a knee on his way down uh very quick win over Rodrigo Nascimento and this was i mean this is a real step up in competition i mean those are two guys who We'll see if they belong in the UFC. I would probably side on not, but Olinick. I mean, fuck. That dude's fought uh, 75 times, so he's probably seen everything. And uh, you know, just kind of put it on him. Did a good job. I mean, that's the thing. You know, when they say uh, you know fight back, you know, that's a pretty good time to just go balls to the wall because you probably could get the finish. And uh, you know, he did. He's got he's got pretty good uh, pretty good strikes as well. <laughs> pretty good pretty good power. Doesn't exactly have. Um, an elite body he would not be uh first team all body but um you know at heavyweight sometimes you don't need that and you know he's kind of in that golden range of uh, i think he weighed in at 235 so that i mean that's a pretty good uh, spot to be at if you want to you know do things of significance in the heavyweight division that's that's right where you want to be at weight wise there's no advantage absolutely no advantage to being 265 um, when you're talking about, you know, winning fights in the top five. So, man, I don't know. Who, who do they give him next? I mean, like, Walt Harris, Alistair Overeem. I mean, who knows how quickly you want to push him. Do you put him in there against fucking Volkov? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is going to be uh, very interesting, what they decide to do with, with docus because, you know, I mean, you you could put him in there against Walt Harris and maybe he beats him and then you're just like – well, fuck. I mean, like, I don't know. He's kind of climbing a little too fast for for how the division is moving these days. So you know, you might have you might run into a problem with Christakis. All right, we'll move on here to the. Uh, oh, not the main card opener. It was a very big main card, uh, but an interesting fight here between Phil Hayes and Nasser Dean Imavav. Um yeah, Phil Hayes. He does not make it easy, man. He does not make it easy. Um, he was looking pretty good throughout that fight, and then uh, just had to survive round three. Just had to survive round three. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's if it's something he has to do defensively, um, but he 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 has to figure out something defensively because this dude this dude has insane wrestling credentials very, very good power I mean, we saw that in the Jacob Malkoon fight but, man, he is susceptible to, to getting hit and, uh, uh, you know, we saw that in the in the Julian Marquez fight but, uh, yeah no, I think that guy could be a problem and, and you know, perhaps it's uh, a blessing in disguise that he didn't make it into the UFC until he was 30, 32, 31 years old, um, you know, because he's been a hot prospect for a, a long time and, um you know, he, he, he looked good. It's just he got hurt sometimes, and um, I think he's he's a little bit lucky that uh, Imovov had no answer for the clinch. I think that really bailed him out. Uh, if uh, And I believe there were some times in round number two and round number three where Imovov was actually initiating the clinch along the fence. Man, that has to be... And, 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 of course, you know, me with my you know ample UFC experience, you know, I'm just a fucking UFC fan... So, who am I to say? But, holy shit, I mean, some of these people, like Gabe Green and, uh, Imovov, like, and those are just recent examples, I mean, you could pick a lot of different fighters. If you have somebody hurt, do not fucking clinch them, don't clinch them. A clinch is what they want, a clinch is what they want, unless you're an elite TIE fighter and your, your clinch strikes are just so fucking deadly, do not clinch Do not go for a takedown. If you hurt somebody on the feet and you're not a BJJ black belt, have them stand up. Have them stand up. You just hurt them on the feet. You probably could do it again. They're probably a little dazed and confused. So do not shoot for a fucking takedown. Do not clinch. Uh, Imavov could have finished Phil Phil Hayes. It was getting real sketchy at times for for the Philmeister. Um, But, you know man he's got good toughness, and he just you know got his bell rung a couple of times and just man, just weathered the storm. But it's like yeah, you get to a certain point and and you know people are gonna have a higher iQ and know not to to clinch a hurt fighter. I mean that's that's that might be my biggest pet peeve when it comes to uh you know strategy in in the UFC uh, with with fighters is, oh, uh, if a fighter's hurt, they're gonna shoot for a takedown or shoot for a clinch and you're just giving them that you're it's a gift you're giving them a gift why would you do that now if you hurt if you're Khabib Nurmagomedov and you hurt somebody and you shoot for a takedown okay that makes sense because you probably were looking to looking to go to the ground anyway and you're obviously uh, a very dangerous threat on the ground but it's just oh man <laughs> it makes me cringe when I see it happen it's like oh, do you not want to win because the win's right there but you know Good for, good for Megatron. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how his career plays out and, and for Imivov. ah Man, you got to fix that next time. All right, we are moving on to the main card opener, which was a round two submission for Tom Aspinall over Andre Arlovsky. Uh, very good fight for Tom Aspinall. Looked, uh, looked pretty good on the feet. Did not expect him to, to get the submission. Arlovsky just kind of let it happen. Um just just kind of gave up, and, um, you know, I, I thought Aspinall would win, so doesn't really surprise me. Good for him. I mean, he's probably going to skyrocket next. I mean, I know Arlovsky, he's been losing a lot of fights recently, but like I said in the preview show, this guy has a crazy ability to win fights when uh, he's about to be cut he, he always bounces back, which is crazy. Lo- you know, he could lose four fights in a row and then wins two in a row and saves his job. Um, so, you yeah, always got to give Arlovsky a, a fighting chance. But, uh, yeah, Aspinall, that, that guy's going to be a real problem as well. And, you know, I've said this before and I really believe it. Heavyweight fighting sucks. Heavyweight fighting is boring as shit, um, generally. It's like, oh, here are two very big guys who don't care about diet. Uh, Who look to be obese and they're just going to swing until somebody falls over and it's a very unathletic uh, bore fest Uh, I I think every other division including flyweight has better fights than heavyweight, but it is good to see these young guys who uh, You know seem to take care of of themselves and and you know mix in salads uh, like Tom Aspinall uh, going out there and having success you know, when, whenever I see young talent in the heavyweight division that looks like they, they could do something, uh, do something. Like Kamaru Usman. But whenever, whenever I see somebody who, who's young and doing stuff in the heavyweight division, I just love it, man, because it's an old man's division. So when I see a Curtis Blades over the last couple of years, or when I see a Chris Dawkins or a Tom Aspinall, like when I see a Cyril Gahn, who might be my favorite heavyweight fighter, uh, going right now. You know, it makes me feel good for the future of of the the, the division, because you know, like three years ago, uh, three years ago was was that before? I guess Engano was the hot shit, but you know, man, it was just an old man's division, just boring as shit. You know, so I, I love to I love to see athletic fighters in the heavyweight division, young guys, and you know, I I think the sky is the limit for Tom Aspinall until until uh you know he meets some resistance he certainly did not meet any uh on Saturday and you know this guy puts away fights real quick real quick so I, I think somebody in the rankings should be next for Tom Aspinall um I, I don't think we have to give him the old Chris Dawkus treatment and put him against the top 10 guy um but you beat Arlovsky I mean I don't know. I, I would like to see him in there against a Blagoj Ivanov or maybe uh Marcin Tabura or a, a, Shimi, a Shamil Abdurakimov. I think those guys 12 through 14, uh, you know, because we don't we don't have to skyrocket a guy. We don't have to destroy somebody before they're ready. Now, maybe he is. Maybe we put him in there against fucking Steve for all we know, and he beats him, but we don't have to send people to the Wolves too early. We can build them a little bit. And, uh, you know, so I'd like to see him against one of those guys lower in the the ratings, a guy who's been there, done that. Uh, You know, not to say Arlovsky isn't that guy. Obviously, that dude's heavyweight career is legendary. But, you know, somebody a little bit more relevant than Andrei Arlovsky. I would really like to see Blagoj Ivanov. Now, I don't know if that guy has a fight upcoming, um, but I, I would love to see that. And then for Orlovsky, I mean, who fucking knows? I don't know what that guy does. But, you know, that dude probably will fight for another eight more years. I mean, (laughs) he just always finds a way, man. He always finds a way. And you got to respect people who just find a way. All right, moving on, we had a unanimous decision victory for Jared Gordon over Danny Chavez. Solid win for Gordon. Um, uh, That was one of my... um, not lock of the weeks, but I felt pretty confident he was going to win. Uh, I think he's a good fighter. I was a little concerned when he missed weight coming in at 150 because generally when you miss weight, um, you don't always have the best performance because you probably uh, depleted your body severely uh, to get to that point. But, you know, he, he looked he looked good. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does because he, he's, like I said on the preview show, uh, a loss to Charles Oliveira and a loss to Diego Fajeda. So, you know, he only has really lost to the to some of the top guys in the division. So, uh, I think he's a, a very well-rounded fighter, great wrestler. We saw that in the Fish Gold fight, great striker, we saw that here in the Chavez fight, outlanded him 138 to 42 uh on total strikes. Uh, you know, just a very well-rounded uh performance. And uh you know, I, I, I don't know what's next for him again. He, he's, you know, definitely in a rough division to try to uh, work his way up. I mean, I know he came in at 150, but he's a, he's a featherweight. And if he wants to go to, to lightweight, well, I mean, that's just just as deep, if not deeper than featherweight. So, it's an uphill battle for, for Jared Gordon. But, um, you know, one, one of my uh, more underrated favorite fighters to watch seems to always put on a, a fun performance to watch. All right, moving on. We had a round one TKO for John Castaneda over Eddie Wineland. Great win for the Sexy Mexi uh, from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm going to try to get the guy on the show. I really want to interview John Castaneda. Uh, beat the former WEC Bantamweight champion, Eddie Wineland. Um... For for Eddie, I don't I don't really know what's next for him. I think he, he is gonna have to consider uh, retirement. He is thirty six, uh, lost two in a row. Uh, oh man, two, four, six, three and six in his last nine. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's what's next for that guy to uh, to do. Maybe you go to Bellator or something. Maybe you go to One FC. Don't know his contract situation. Probably will fight again in the UFC, but. Uh, he is just not at the level of some of these younger guys. And, and for Castaneda, you know, it's, that's good to see. I mean, you know, Windland is a tough opponent. Obviously, his IQ is, is fucking pretty darn high because of, uh, you know, all the fights he's had. And, you know, lost to Nathaniel Wood in his UFC debut, that's a real tough one. And, uh, you know, he he was 2-3, or no, 1-2, excuse me. Uh, one and two in his last three fights. Foys- oh my God, uh, he lost a couple of fights before he got in the UFC over in Combate. So this this wasn't a guy who was uh, you know a super highly touted prospect or a guy who was winning a bunch of fights. You know what I mean? It was it was looking a little red for John Castaneda, but uh, you know went out there got the win. Good one. I, I'm really gonna try to get that guy on the show or at least interview him because. You know what I mean? When when we see Minnesota people out there, you know, doing doing things, you know, taking taking the bull by the horn, you know, we gotta pay respect to these people, and we gotta get them on the show. So that is my goal for this week: is to get that guy on the show. All righty, moving on here, we had a very quick win for uh, Julian Erosa over Nate Landwehr, uh 56 seconds. Uh, the fight lasted. he finished it via a flying knee. maybe a little early stoppage, but you know when you're getting battered and, and take a flying knee to the head and you're you're you know flat on your ass along the cage, uh, you know, can't be too mad if the fight got stopped. And Erosa, uh, fascinating story. you know, a guy who I think he's on his third stint in the UFC, obviously was on the ultimate fighter, Team Faber versus Team McGregor and he, he's on a little bit of a, a hot streak here, you know, so you gotta you got love someone who uh, you know, turns their career around and you know, now he's on a three fight winning streak uh, 2-0 for this tenure in the UFC, beat Sean Woodson, he was a very heavy dog in that fight and ended up uh, choking him out, now he beats Nate Landwehr who was a champ over in Russia, over in M1 or ACB or ACA or whatever they call it, one of those two and uh I don't know. That's kind of you know. I, I love seeing that. That's why I was such a big fan and still am. We'll, we'll see what happens with uh, comma worthy, because it's it's so crazy to have a guy who has a you know, objectively a not not a very good record you know come in and just defy the odds every single time. Uh, I said that really Baltimore, Baltimore. Um, but yeah, defy the odds and um, you know for for Nate. I don't know, man. I might tone down the aggressiveness a little bit. That, that kind of has been his downfall in, in his uh, two fights that he's lost to, to Burns and Arosa. Lost him very, very quickly by knockout. So, I don't know. I might be a little bit more patient if I was Nate Nate the Train. I might uh, might take it down a couple of notches. But that win over Elkins was, was pretty good. But, you know, you never want to be sub-500 in the UFC. So, don't know what's next for him. He'll probably put on a good fight because either he'll get finished in spectacular fashion or... You know, it, it'll be a barn burner. So, you know, whatever. I, I like fighters like that, but not exactly a style that's going to do you a whole lot of good in the uh, in the long run. Uh, moving on, we had a round two finish for Casey O'Neal over Shana Dobson. Good for O'Neal. Uh, don't have a whole lot to say about that. Um, seems to be like a, a, a legitimate fighter. I mean, Dobson's been in the UFC for a little bit. Um, you know, faced some tougher competition, obviously uh well known for beating Maria uh, Agapova so you know any anytime we get young talent in the UFC I love to see it and you know we'll, we'll see how far O'Neal can take it but I, I just love having that next wave come in and you know it really seems like Casey O'Neal could could be a part of that next wave and you know there's no shortage of young talent in the in the women's flyweight division but I mean some more talent would never hurt. Moving on, we had a round one KO from Eamon Zahabi over Draco Rodriguez, uh, and that was that was well needed for Zahabi. He was 0-2 in the UFC. I mean, you go 0-3, uh, you, you, you're probably getting your walking papers there. You're probably getting your pink slip, but uh, knocks out Draco. Uh, did not see that coming. Uh, good for him. Unfortunate for Draco, because uh, apparently he's from Minnesota, so you know what I mean? That's... Uh, that's not not a fun one to see. But he is 24. He does have a cool nickname, the Great Dracolini. And he is uh, Drew Peterson's favorite fighter. So, you know, we'll see if they bring him back. I hope they do. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate, man. That's unfortunate. I mean, we want Minnesota fighters. That's why I was so um, uh, disappointed that that Minnesota fighter from Park Rapids who won on the Contender Series, uh, Colin Huckbody, uh, why he got released before he made his debut. I don't know what that was all about, but that was unfortunate to see. You know, we need we need a Minnesota champion, okay? We, we just need one. We need one. You know, we do pr- produce pretty good athletes. I mean, we're seeing that in the NBA. I think five of the 60 picks in last year's draft were from Minnesota. You know, you got Zeke Naji and, and uh, Trey Jones and, uh, and guys like that, and, you know, we got Chet Holmgren, so, you know, surprisingly enough, we, we do produce some good athletes, so I, I would like to see, you know, the Minnesota Mixed Martial Arts Academy, or whatever the hell they call it, you know, I, I would love to see them, you know, put in a fighter who uh, does, some, does some good things in the UFC. And moving on to the prelim opener, we had a uh, round two TKO from Sergei Spivak over Jared Vandera. Uh, good, good for Sergey. I, I think uh, he's a tough fighter. That was a little too much for someone making their UFC debut. Um, Sergey is only only 26, and uh, you know now he's got three UFC wins, two in a row, and the two losses were to some pretty tough guys, and Walt Harris and Marcin Tabura. So you know we'll see what's next for uh, Sergey Spivak. But that was a that was a pretty good performance, uh, fun to watch. I mean that guy can just be smothering. When he gets on top of you, especially you know, especially in the heavyweight division where we don't really see a whole lot of wrestlers or grapplers, it's normally just big guys who like to throw, uh, you know, shots and 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 hope they knock somebody out. So, you know, I think he's got a very interesting style that's going to be a problem for anybody he faces. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to win every fight he's in, but you know, he's definitely got a a style that's going to be an issue for for heavyweights. All right, so with that, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, that was our recap of UFC Fight Night: Blades versus Lewis. Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at M N, North Star Sports on Twitter at NorthStarMIN. You got to check out our website at NorthStarSportsMedia. And thanks for tuning in, everybody.